0: Welcome to the Baltimore Magic Show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Gilkuda Jr. here with Chris Miller and Papa Doug Miller. So let me just start this show by saying this. We're in! Yeah! We're in! Yeah! So uh, we we're officially in the playoffs, and you get the grand prize of facing the number one seed team in the East. That's that's how it works. Given that what Chris said, uh, you, you kind of, I don't know if it was you that brought it to light, or it was just... The Wizards' unfortunate luck in the first play-in game against the Celtics. You said the only way we could lose is if Tatum scores 50 to 60 points. lo and behold, Jason Tatum drops 50 points. So uh, I don't know if you're just a genius or we should never let you predict again. I'm not sure. But then we go on and we play the Pacers in the second play, and we absolutely wrecked. The Pacers. It was a fifth, a third win by thirty points, or at least almost thirty points. 27. Like, yeah, twenty-seven,
1: yeah,
2: twenty-seven points, and the ability so. to relax in the fourth quarter.
0: Yes, definitely. So, I yeah,
2: have, Cassius Winston was in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it was good to see them kind of walk all over him. And now we have the 76ers next. And the biggest thing about this that I take away from it is the Sixers. It's. The, they don't really have that much of a respite here, as, as you normally would, given how the regular season ended. So, I mean, they have a bit of a longer rest than you would expect, but not like usual. They want to pick this up about as quick as they possibly can. So we start tomorrow at 1 p.m. I mentioned it last night on Dialogues, which is once again live, ladies and gentlemen, Yay. on 6 p.m. on Fridays on 1300 a.m. here in Baltimore. So I mentioned it. It's, it's like an NFL sunday feel for us wizards fans it's 1 p.m on sunday it's like it's i you know yeah i i I concur do i come by one of y'all's places and we'll be wearing sweaters i was gonna say do we tailgate at nine in the morning i don't know (laughs) do we do something like that because i would be so for that in this case but we have a lot we have a lot for you guys this particular show for example the continued justification by every big network Talking head that for some reason Russell Westbrook is not one of the best players in basketball right now, which we all just find baffling,
2: asinine. It
0: is remarkable. I don't know how you don't put him up. Asinine. I don't. There you go. Correct. I don't.
2: Thank you, Bob. You're
0: welcome. Look, Magic Johnson said that Oscar Robertson's record would never be snapped. It it was. Not only that, but he's going to keep adding to it. He's thirty-two.
2: How many? How many more years of great basketball do you think Russ Westbrook has? Four. I give. Him, I mean,
1: I give him. We're
2: talking another hundred triple doubles.
1: Yeah, I I'd give him two, right? Or three. And he's had a hundred less games than than O has.
2: The yeah. big O, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I'd, I'd give him two or three years of great basketball that's okay. left in him. That's what I would say. Well, when you hit thirty-five, I don't know if you can really keep it up on quite the same level. But it, it's the, the big story here, of course, is the playoff series against the Sixers. What's the big deal? We talked about this yesterday. What was the big matchup? I look at the Wizards app, and what is their key matchup? Joel Embiid versus the Wizards 3 center rotation. Yeah. that's exactly what we said. C- completely there's, agree. There's only, the- that's really the only one you can focus on. Because I'm sorry. I am not overly
1: concerned about Ben Simmons. Neither am I.
0: I will happily say that out loud. Papa Doug,
1: jump in here. Thank you. Um, I think, first of all, the three-headed beast, and you guys talked about it on the show. And by the way, thank you to Scott Sweeney for hi- the show. They, you know, they they stopped doing in studio. They stopped the live remote. Unfortunately, during the pandemic, they got rid of a lot of the staff. They brought back a producer to put these guys' show on, which I think is pretty friggin' cool. Yeah. But in going around that way, I almost forgot my point, which was, and I mentioned it earlier before we went on, that I think the stra- Brooks actually did have a strategy against the Pacers, which was for Russ and Beale to drive and get Sabonis bonus in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination of roti- rotating in the three-headed beast and driving Russ and Beal, driving Russ and Beal, driving Russ and Beal down the middle and try to get him be in foul trouble.
0: Well, you're going to see some other guys driving as well. Chris, Chris, you mentioned it last night. We are deeper at guard than a lot of We have a guard. nice depth so, at guard. So I, would,
2: I, I very much like... I can't think of another team in the Eastern Conference that has depth at guard, i.e. point guard. Even Beal could play point guard if yeah. Russell Westbrook's not going well. Yeah. Well, How no, old like, Neto is, yeah. is truly a point guard, and then Schmidt is a point guard.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, and I don't mean to be jumping in when I was driving out here, I was listening to NBA on Sirius, uh-huh. and they were talking about the point guard that they think uh, uh, everybody needs to watch because he can have the greatest impact on what happens in the playoffs. And who was that?
2: Rondo, Rondo. they think Rondo. Rondo? Well, out of everyone available, they think Rondo for the Clippers is the most impactful point guard. Person who could
1: have the biggest impact.
2: Even even after John Moran had 35 points in an overtime win against the Warriors last night, they're not even going to include him. That's craziness. And they
1: didn't discuss anybody else. This was who they. This is like this is who we think.
2: I. This is my hope for the playoffs. I know this is a little off topic. But I, I hope I hope the Mavericks sweep the Clippers. I hate it how the Clippers tried to avoid the Lakers in losing out in the at the end the remainder of the season. Really? Yeah. I wasn't aware of that? Yeah. They they lost yeah, games yeah, deliberately. They, yeah, they effectively tried. They sacked Kawhi and Paul yeah. George and and I just don't like that.
0: Yeah, no, they, they effectively. Intercourse. Did. They 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 did a lot. They did just about everything they could to make sure they didn't run into the Lakers. It was kind of a. It was a weird. It was a weird way to It was back. weird.
2: Yeah. But but first, before we get into the matchups, which we will go into depth, of course. When we started this podcast, we were a lottery team. Yes, we,
0: we, we were talking about who do we draft. For. Yeah,
2: and we were we were talking about the shooters in this draft. We were talking about uh, Jalen Suggs. Now we're
0: breaking down a playoff series. Yeah. So, so
2: <laughs> what has transpired with the Washington Wizards that maybe our listeners are not privy to? I,
0: I think it was a. Fantastic. Ah, we don't have
2: cicadas them. yet at Mom's okay, house. Okay. We don't
0: we okay. have cicadas yet. I don't know. Uh, uh, we, I haven't seen them around here, but I can hear them. I can hear them throughout there the day here. Now. So, I, I, to me, it's just, it was, a, it was a wonderful addition of players at the right time. I think, you know, t- to go and get Russell Westbrook when the season was not, I mean, the Wizards weren't dead at that point, but they weren't a team that seemed to have aspirations to go anywhere, really. But it, but let's also face it. The Wizards didn't get Russell Westbrook hoping to get back into the game. They got Russell Westbrook because the Rockets wanted John Wall because they thought that would convince James Harden to stay. And it didn't, which is hilarious, first of all. But uh, but that's the re- that's the primary reason Russ landed here. It's not because we wanted him. It's because they wanted to offload him. And then he changed the entire attitude of the whole locker room. And I think it's cause he wants to be the the leader of the locker room. He doesn't need to be the primary star because as we can tell, and as we've noticed based on certain networks reporting, I will say this, it's, he's never gonna be considered the star. The star of the Wizards, as far as ESPN is concerned is Bradley Beal. Full stop. No matter how good Russ is. The guy broke Oscar Robertson's triple-double record, and Bradley Beal is still who they're concerned about. ESPN Plus had an article of the percentage chance of an upset in every series. We were the lowest percent. They gave us a .6% chance of upsetting the Sixers. Why? Because Bradley Beal isn't 100%. Forget the fact that you have one of the most, if not the most, dynamic players in the league... On that roster. But no, they're not Bradley Beal. Doesn't matter. You don't have the guy who can shoot because all we want are shooters and championships. It's all that matters in the NBA.
1: What can do you, you really think, Gil? It's
0: just, I don't, I, it's, <laughs> I, it's just, I've never liked the culture of you're at the top or you're nothing. I've never, and no. You can have a really good team and not win a championship. And you can say that proudly and not be considered a failure. But... It, to me, it's just the epitome of Generation Z culture, honestly. Is you didn't win the whole thing. You're trash, bro. That's all it is. And I'm just... Really? The runner-up to the... Gen-
1: really? But in Generation Z, don't you get a trophy if you finish last? <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I, I don't... And orange I don't, slices. Know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just think... It, in For example, am I hoping for an upset in this series? Yes! Of course I am. I am rooting for the miracle. Of course I am. And if we win Game One tomorrow, that uh, possibility is a lot higher than it should. Than it should be. Is it greater so, than
1: point six?
0: I, I would think so. Okay. I would think that would at least get it into double digit percentage points. Hopefully, I don't know, but ESPN does math weird, so I'm not I'm not sure. They uh, unlike Papa Doug, who does very good math, that he has for us, that we're going to bring out at some point as to why he believes the MVP race might be askew, but we'll get into that later on as we go on. So, But, yeah, I mean, here, let's... let's MVP. <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> is, is, is
2: there anything else other than the additions uh, to the roster? Mm-hmm. Westbrook... Gafford, yeah. Hutchinson. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, is Beal playing better basketball down the stretch? Is Lopez? I think Lopez has gotten better over the course of the I, season. Well,
0: I mean, he hated good, him good, old, good old Captain Hook, man. I mean, it's, um, here's what I'll say about Bradley Beal. Because Russ wants to lead the locker room, and Brad doesn't have to. Nor Yeah, I don't think he ever wanted to be that guy. Yeah. When Wall was here, it was Wall. I don't think Brad wants that role. Now he can just be the guy who drops 35 a game, and that's it. And it's, he seems to get along with Russ very well. When you know, We talked about when he said in that post-game presser how it's like yin and yang. It's like fire. Yeah, I, I really like cause, that. Because Brad is just this, the coolest, most collected guy ever. And Russ, respectfully is not. But he uses that to his advantage. It's not yeah. a negative. So. It's like
1: a controlled anger that he has. Yeah, it's no, remarkable that, watching him.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. it is. Brad doesn't want to be the leader. And now he doesn't have to be. And there's a guy who plays with him as opposed to next to him.
1: John Wall didn't play with Bradley Beal. He played next to Bradley Beal. If, if, if I can, I think one of the things that I love watching, and i suggest you watch us tomorrow, mm-hmm. is... Anytime there's a bad call against Russ, the next time we get the ball, he drives to the basket. There's no, <laughs> nobody else touches the ball, he drives, and it's, it's cool, he, he has this controlled rage that's just absolutely remarkable, and by the way, you asked the question about the change, and yeah, I mean, Russ changed the whole persona of the team, yeah, uh, you know the management act did a great job gafford i mean i can't imagine they thought oh he's going to be remarkable but maybe they did but yeah. he has been oh he's been incredible he's, he's made everybody else on defense more aggressive as has russ um in the in the second playing game against <laughs> against indiana he had 5
0: blocks in that right. game i mean he was just in the first half yeah he just 22 owned, minutes he owned the lane in that game. But and you've
1: I said that all along. It's like yeah. he says, You don't want to come you don't yeah. want to come in the paint. Yeah, don't come I'm in the here. paint.
0: No, when gaff <laughs> is there, don't come in the paint. And I think it's up to Robin Lopez and, and Alex Lenz I guess want to play defense. Uh, Alex Len still doesn't really get physical, but I think he's finally realized that he's seven foot one. He's realized if I get up in somebody's grill and put my hands up, that's a lot to get around. And I think he realized that. Now, Rolo's never really been a defensive big man, and that's fine. But he's he had but, a but, 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 but I will he say. He had a nice block. He, yeah. he did. I, I will say he seems to be a lot more willing to step up. But the thing about him is just the, on the offensive side of the court, man, he's been unreal. The what? hook is legitimately undeniable. Every time he gets it, I remember because there it's are like times you kept
1: taking a three.
0: Yeah, there, there are times you, you degree, see him. There were times right? you see Rolo get it on the block, and we used to be like, "Well, how is this going to go?" He's going to fall over. And, and now he gets it, and it, for for a second he kind of looks around, like, "Can I get it back up?" And I used to be like, "Yeah, if somebody's there, somebody's there." Now I'm like, "No, work him. You're gonna. He's just, he's just gonna hook it in, and he does it's, pretty much every time." It's And incredible. you know, what?
1: I I have to say because I was. At that time, president of the anti-Robin Lopez fan club. <laughs> yes. And I will eat whatever I have to eat because crow, yeah, yeah. Uh, crow or cicada. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but it, it's and you know I think I think that comes back to to Russ. I mean, you look at the what blows me away was the instant chemistry between like Russ and and everybody, especially Gafford. Yeah. Um, and. And I think he's rubbed off and built this confidence because Robin Lopez had that hook before. Mm-hmm. Why is he now hitting it? I think every. I think the guys are just. I mean, seventeen and six makes you more confident.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the way the season finished was a big deal, but also just the attitude of the team and how I i, I don't know if this is a moment to give Scott Brooks credit for it or not, because it's more him not doing anything about it. It's sort of letting the team be what this team is. Like Thomas Bryant being an absolute madman on the sidelines during the game and Rolo's acting like he's on a lounge chair out there. You know, I, I, I think I laughed for four minutes when the Pacers what is it tried
1: to... laying on the court.
0: To, yeah, exactly. When they tried to... When the Pacers tried to heave it Long and it missed and it wound up in the Wizard's bench, and Thomas Bryant and Bradley Beal are walking back with their hands up like touchdown. Like it's like just just to mess with them, just because. But I think the fact that that, hey, that behavior has not been curbed is a positive. There's no no, you gotta sit here and be professional. It's no, this is how this is how my locker room is. Okay. I'm fine with that, and you're right. Russ has rubbed, has rubbed off on everybody. I mean, when we played Boston, to see Ish Smith take over a huddle and be like, "This, we gotta find a way back in." You into know, this. this is his eleven so,
1: team. Yeah, there are a Ish lot is, of Ish franchises. Has been yeah, but you know what? This comes back. This is, and I've said it before. I, I wasn't a Russ fan before, and man, have I changed because now that I see him all the time, this is his team. Brad Beal is the
2: score. This is Russ's team.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. And
1: Brooks
2: handed it over to him.
0: Yes, and, and maybe that so, works.
2: So how much of the credit do you give Scotty Brooks? Because I feel like that's the he, elephant in the room. He,
0: I, here's the thing: he can't be devoid of it because he let a lot of it transpire. He could have just been the coach with an iron fist that said, "No, this is how we're doing it," and he really hasn't been. And, a co- and what's funny is Russ is the guy in so many post game interviews. Who will happily come to his defense? You know he says he everybody likes him at least. So according to Russ, Scott is not the problem. I I Oh no, he said so that. He, he likes him. So I that that's what always, you know that's what always kinda makes me lean back on it sometimes is Russ and Brad always step up and go, Well, coach had a plan and it worked today. You know so. what, going
1: on that same point, I just read an article about Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And they were quoting uh, one of his offensive linemen when he was in Denver. And it was about Gase. And it was about how in the locker room, Peyton would give Gase shit in team meetings <laughs> and question the calls and say, no, we're doing this. And, and, uh, and if people made mistakes in meetings, made wrong comments, he made them stand up and correct themselves and, and I'm not saying Russ is like that. But what the guy said was, yeah, it was kind of rough, but he was he was forcing us to excel at every moment. Yeah. Including the coaches. And this guy was like, I came from a military family. I could never talk the way he did to Adam Gase, but he was he he was the team leader. Yeah. And they let him and and, you know, I don't think Brooks is a, you know, a rocket scientist and we have our issues, but I, clearly he's not an idiot because he's let, I, I mean, we, I think we've all seen, I mean, Russ is calling the shots during timeouts. He's disagreeing. He's yelling back when he's coming up the court, you mm-hmm. know, are we calling timeouts? And, and I think he's handed the team over to him and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no. I, well, that's the thing is
0: uh, whether it's a, it's a it's a strategic change or it's simply just a more open line of communication. I mean, what we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they had a mic on Brooks when they when we played the Lakers because it was a big one. And in the huddle, he looked at Russell Westbrook and went, "What do you want?" He said, what What are we doing? What do you want? And But the fact that your coach is that open to it, that's fine. That's I actually mean, pretty great they, because that's a pretty good coach. They, they, they had, they oh, had Brooks miked it. up in the second play-in game, and he didn't really say anything strategic, but he said, hey, on the defensive end, just keep playing how we play, and that's playing hard. That's all he really said while well, he was trying to draw something up. And then the Pacers coach was like, Trying to analytically explain to his team how it can get better, and they were kind of looking back at him like, "We're down thirty points, bro. Like, what? Like, like, what what do you like? It's. We're not saying it's out of reach necessarily, but where are we
1: going for tonight? But
0: Sabonis has four. What are we going to do about this? And I think that's why that star first mentality here. That's what I wanted to bring up on the show. That star first
2: mentality is not as strong. In Washington, it's not. Oh, our
0: superstar isn't going off the rails, so we're kind of sunk. But maybe we can resurrect it. No. If Russ had an off night, which he doesn't, but if Russ had an off night, he would be the first guy. He would do what Anthony Davis did when he was at Kentucky in the national championship. Hey, I can't score today, but I'm but I can get 24 rebounds and I can assist everybody. So I'm just gonna stop shooting and let you guys score. I'll do everything else. He would be that type of guy. While most teams, whoever their big star is, if it's not clicking with him, the whole team just kind of thinks it's kind of out of it, which is why Milwaukee should be very concerned right now. So, just to tie that one
1: in. But, you know, what's really interesting when you say that is, think about when Ish is in and when Netto's in. These aren't backups. Yeah, that's true. When they true. come in, yeah, they take charge, no matter who else is in and we have a lot of take charge. I mean that's why you know when the season started I was mm-hmm. telling saying you gotta watch this team. Cause they may not be good, but they got a fire.
0: Yeah. Well no, that that's that's what they you need said more to me. Cowbell. That's that's what <laughs> that's what inspired this show. Is you were like, they're a fun watch. They're a fun team to watch. So I watched a couple games and okay, and I said, Well, it's there's no podcast for Baltimore Wizards fans. Let's give them one, and lo and behold, here we are, about to break down a playoff matchup. So, as we have some other things, I know you want to get to your talk about the MVP. There are some, there are the matchups that we need to start breaking down for the series, and that's what we can do next. Stick around, we've got more. This morning, we are celebrating our Washington Wizards. Yes. They
2: are officially headed to the playoffs. Oh, I
0: love that picture. Yeah, that's yeah. a great
2: picture. Washington beat Indiana last night at Capital One Arena, 142 to 115.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Baltimore Magic Show. So, all right, we 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 teased it in the first segment. We'll bring it up here. The key matchup of the series that we all believe is Joel Embiid versus the three-headed. Beast, as Papa Doug says. I like that one better than three-headed. Everybody calls everything three-headed monster. Three-headed beast is better. We'll be unique. And it's Joel Embiid versus them. Alex Landano, Gaffner, Robin Lopez. So according to the Wizards app, Joel Embiid was arguably the league's MVP until they got hurt in March. 51 games this year. The All-Star averaged 28.5 points, 10.6 rebounds, shot 51.3% uh, from from the field, 37.7 from three and 86% rounding up at, from the free throw That's line. That's the most
2: dangerous. Yeah. Say that again? 86 from the free throw line. That's the most dangerous.
0: Uh, all career highs, besides rebounding in the past, he's become one of the best two way players in the NBA. The Wizards have three very different players to throw at him. Len, who starts and opens the game with physicality, he'll get the first crack at Embiid. Then there's Gafford, the athletic lob threat and shot blocker was coming off a double-double with five blocks against the Pacers in Thursday's elimination game. And finally, Lopez, who has been decimating opponents all year with his hook shot, boxing out, and defensive get positioning. All in all, the Wizards will need to be physical with Embiid and try to keep him off the free-throw line. So, yes, this is as if Chris Miller wrote this thing. Uh, it's exactly what you said. Just don't let him to the line.
2: Don't and, let him get to the charity stripe. Yeah. If you keep his attempts to eight or under... Embiid will not get to thirty points. Yeah,
0: that's, that's he will not just important. not manufacture the yes, points. Yes, P- people tend to forget with guys who score quite that much that sometimes a big reason for it is because they're so good at getting to the line. So
2: and eighty six percent for a big is just so dangerous.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's a rough one. So, but it's also as to what Papa Doug mentioned is we we drove all night against Indiana. And I think you're going to see that with Brad, you're going to see that with Russ, you're going to see that with Wolfie, you're going to see that with Ish Smith. They're going to send everybody they can at Joel Embiid. He's going to be overwhelmed, hopefully.
1: So have we made, officially, uh, said that uh, Neto, we're going to call Wolfie?
0: I mean, I like that makes I, I, sense. I like Wolfie. I
1: do. Do, do the listeners know? Uh,
0: well, old? Right, yes, yes. The reason why is, his name is, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain this as best I can. His name is spelled Raul, but because he is of Portuguese or Brazilian descent, it's pronounced Howl. So Howl Howl Wolfie. Oh, cool. Yes, exactly. So that's you know like for all those years I was calling the UFC fighter Mauricio Shogun Rua Rua. No, it's pronounced Hua. It's Shogun Hua because in Portuguese the R is an H. So that's all it is. And.
1: Yeah, I. But that's why do the they have about, their no, alphabet yeah, so messed yeah. up? Is H and R in in Portuguese? It is, and that's okay. Oh, this is Riz <laughs> Coffee. What Riz? Yes, this is whatever. <laughs> so,
2: well, like, I'll tell yeah. you this: the mm-hmm. matchup I'm most interested in is the plus-minus differential between Rui Hachimura and Tobias Harris. Yes, you mentioned that on the show. Those those are the guys that can carry teams outside of the primary scorers. Because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will contribute for 50 points a night. Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah, And time. and then Beal and Westbrook will contribute for just about 50 points a night. Yep. Yep. So it's the third score. Tobias Harris for the Sixers. If you can keep him under 20 points a game, i really like our chances. And if Rui Achimura can score more than 19 a game, mm-hmm. I mean, he was part of the reason why we beat the Pacers so handily.
1: Yeah, no, no. We're no you can league. tell with him... Yeah, early on he likes taking that mid-range jumper from the top of the key mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of games that's how he started off and, and if he hits that it's like okay
0: yeah well it's it's, it, yeah it's, it's kind of obvious if he's on or if he's not most nights and but you can also to me when i watch rui i see the direct influence of the two stars he's on the same team with because his options are the somewhere in between free throw line and three-point jumper, which yep. means you play around Bradley Beal a lot, don't you? And then he goes to the net, which means you play with Russell Westbrook, don't oh, you? Oh, how
1: about that donkey so,
0: oh Well, well that's I-, I talk about it every chance I get. It seems like once a big enough jam goes down, that's when the whole bench kind of wakes up. And I've seen times we've been down 10, 11, 9, something what in that range. What was it
1: with that, with that jam? So, was there... Was there a rebound? He got one handed, and then drove? what was it? Because it's like there it was a pass to him that he caught one handed, and then drove. It I just remember him calming
2: it, it, and it looked like Dr. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. And no, they he, actually he commented on that. Yeah, no,
0: he he, he 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 threw it down pretty good. So yeah, I think that's the other. You know, that's the other thing to me, man. If you can get if you can you can get some jams going on the Sixers, I think you'll have them off balance a little bit. They're not used to getting hit at the rim like that, if you are, get a couple of them. That's...
1: Are, are Sixers fans is as bad as Eagle fans? So, like, if, if the Sixers go down by six in the first half, are they going to start booing? I, I don't know if it's going to be quite like
0: that. I'm not really sure. I mean, my regular exposure to Sixers fans is somebody who I'm, you know, I'm in a podcast network with him, and he's, they seem like they're, Pretty a pretty passionate group. I mean, Philly is always something, but you're right. That could that could be a point. If the first quarter ends and we're up by six,
1: yeah, that building might not be too friendly at that point. Can you're I right. disrespect Philly for one moment? Um, <laughs> okay. I used to work for a company based in Cleveland, and my boss. We had uh, property in Center City, and he told the story about how he was in downtown Philadelphia. He left his hotel. He realized he uh, um, left his um, uh, uh watch in the hotel room and he's walking down the street in Center City and he walks up to a guy and goes, "Hey excuse and this is before iPhones and all that um, he's like, hey uh, I, I left my watch in the in my mm-hmm. hotel room would you mind telling me what time it is and as could only happen in Philadelphia the guy looked it up and looked up at him and said, what do I look like, fucking Big Ben? And kept walking. <laughs> well, uh, I mean,
0: that's uh, I, I. Hey, man, that's that's an interesting point you make, though. If it does, if it does start to go south on Philly, will that will that be changed up? I don't know.
2: And my my concern, as well as Danny Green's corner three, try to limit those. Uh, yeah.
0: I yeah, mean,
2: I defensively, they're a much better defensive team than we are.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I, I agree. I mean, I so
2: can true. we play defense like we did Thursday night? Against the Pacers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So I I, I think we certainly have the capability, and I think that we're good to go. I also think another thing, and this is the hockey fan in me coming out, is the fact that we just played a game yesterday, and then we have to play on Sunday. That lack of a longer break, I think, will pay dividends. Because there's no cool-off period. You just have to walk right back out on the floor.
1: Oh, they're right? so amped up.
0: Yeah, and there's no yeah. cool-off period. That's And to me, that matters. I've, I've seen that happen in, in the NHL quite a few times where you sweep somebody in the first round and then you're waiting for your next opponent and that series goes to seven. And oh. you have to sit there for a week to wait for your next hockey game. And in the first two games, you got to kind of get your feet wet again here and there. The Wizards aren't going to have that problem. We're, you know what we're, I want to hear? As far as NBA breaks are concerned... There is no break for this team. They're walking right back out.
1: I want to hear a report that the Sixers didn't even watch the game against the Basics. <laughs> I, I want them coming in like, oh, we got yeah. this. Oh, yeah, Beal's not 100%. Uh, we, they never
0: mentioned that Russ guy. Yeah, no, you're right. That'd what a, what about
2: the storyline that Doc Rivers hasn't won since he was a Boston Celtics head coach?
0: That's Re- true. Remember
2: last year, the Clippers underachieved.
0: Yeah, and he got fired. and he got fired for that. And he got fired for that. Yeah. So, so, so is honest. there
2: any is there any merit to that? Yes, hypothesis.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I, as as a fan, I will say yes as well. But at the same time, it's something you can't really ignore. Yeah, he really hasn't figured it out a hundred percent, has he? Coached a lot of really good teams. Yeah, because we did. I know we did. You know it's. It, but other than that, I. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept because this Sixers team with this current star lineup that they have, it's never really wowed me. I mean, yes, it's a very good basketball team, fine. But Embiid has never been 100% healthy. You, we don't even know if he's 100% right now. And Ben Simmons, to me, has been a bit of a disappointment, especially considering how he was talked up. Before. I mean, this guy got a full what was it, two-hour documentary about himself? And that was before he even stepped into the league.
2: And they also thought he was like baby LeBron, yes. and he's not stepped into those shoes. he
0: was the next big thing. And to quote Ric Flair, everyone's the next big thing, until you're not. And and he's, he's not. And I think that's, he's good? Sure. He's very good. He's great in a lot of cases. But he's nobody that makes me go, oh, well, you gotta watch him. It's, I don't know. It's not, it, I, I find it interesting. So it, this is, for the Wizards, this is a momentum series. And for the Sixers, this is a keeping your feet on the ground series. But given Doc's history, as you mentioned, given that their star has tendencies to get a little flustered, that being Joel Embiid. Cause yes. Because you, you see him on the court. It's not, it, 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 he, if him and Russ were doing the same body language, I would think two completely different things. I would go, okay, Embiid is pissed, and it's going to affect him negatively. Because you've seen that happen to him. And if Russ was doing the same thing, I would go, well, Russ is going to drop like 40 tonight or something. He's really fired up. And I think that's kind of –
1: so hopefully that'll happen. You know what's interesting? I was just looking here at the point differential. Mm -hmm. And Philadelphia obviously is first in the Eastern Conference. But I sit here and look, uh, you know – the. Again, keeping in mind the bad start that we had, yeah. um, but they only have about a five-point point differential in yeah. the season, and if you're that good, mm-hmm. I mean, the good teams in the West have a ten-point point differential. That doesn't say to me they're dominant. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, I will. I will I say this, <coughs> and,
1: and I've only I haven't watched much of them De- so.
2: defensively. Thibault, uh, Danny Green, they know what to do with Bradley Beale. They'll they'll be zeroed in to defend him. It's Bradley Beal. If if he's eighty percent, he yeah. can still score thirty a game. It's yeah. just a, a matter of volume shots and getting to the line. We got to get Beal fouled.
1: They have yeah. to drive, drive, drive. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Because that's agree. been
2: the big difference this year with Beal, is
1: that he's been driving to the basket more. Now with Russ, drive, drive,
2: drive. And Fouls. and also Fouls. my question for the supplemental scoring on the bench. is, is is what are we gonna do with Seth Curry? Who are we gonna throw at him? Is Smith, uh, Howell, Neto, uh, Russ Westbrook? I mean, oh, who you know who Brooks is probably gonna put on him.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Matthews. I, uh, no, Burton. Like, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> he normally puts Burtens on guys like that. I would like to see Ish. Ish can hold guys down pretty good. It seems like Neto can hold you down. Yeah. very well. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be upset at him either. So, but it's also as to what Papa Doug mentioned. It seems like Brooks has some kind of a strategy against Indiana. Hopefully, something like that'll be employed in this series. I imagine that it will. But he also seems willing to. Thankfully, I have to give Scott Brooks credit for this. There are times in games it looks like he kind of throws the playbook out the window. Sometimes, if it doesn't work, there are times he's willing to go. That didn't work, and he hugs it. Out do the we way. actually even so, run
2: plays? We run plays. Do we? Yeah, I, I
0: think we do. I, I think mean, I, I, I think there's a I fair amount. There's I can't a fair distinguish of our... it
1: because it's like Russ Brad comes down and. And they pass the ball around a little bit and then... Well, no, there,
0: there, there was a great moment at the Pacers game that actually proved that we have plays that are very effective regardless <laughs> of the complete lack of hiding them. I remember, four guys were down and Rolo hadn't made it down yet. And Beal just had the ball about three or four feet outside the three-point line. And here comes Robin. He runs right into a pick that everyone can see coming. And then Brad does it, makes one dish, and Rui scored. And I'm sitting there going, everybody knew what we were going to do. And they just walked
1: right in and did it anyway. Well, that's so. the remarkable thing about Lopez. We've talked about it before. It's like he moves in slow motion. Yeah. And he's, he's like totally dominating these guys who are 10 years younger and much yeah. more athletic. It's like, okay, well, I'll start covering him once I think he's actually going to. Oh, shit, he just shot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, I, I, but, and I think he's
0: going to be another guy that I think will be a factor in this series if it does start to turn. Is he'll have those moments underneath where he'll, he'll just, yeah, he'll just knock down a few and they
1: really won't know how to handle that one necessarily. I so. just hope we do. You know, it's like none of us expect that we're going to win. We all hope we're going to win. Mm-hmm. But it sure would be nice to see. A surprise. Oh, oh, oh well,
0: here's the thing to me. With My, a
1: couple, at least. I, I
0: I mentioned it last night. There are three ways I'm looking at this. As as someone who was completely, utterly realistic, uh, or I'm sorry, as a regular fan, I am hoping for the the, the upset, of course. A sweep. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hoping for the upset. As a as an analyst, I wanted to take six. I want us to make them sweat a little bit, and then. As somebody who looks at the potential for how this series could go, it might very well be one of those five-game series where Russ can get us to one, and that's about it. I don't want it to be that, because I think there's... But, but here's what I'll say. That's my feeling right now. If we have a heck of a game and win game one, I'm going to have a completely different opinion on, on, yeah. Monday, on Monday morning. On Monday morning, I'm going to go... There's a possibility here if we take Game One because Game One is always such a vital thing. So
1: you know, and I think the whole under uh, kind of plays off the underdog thing that the Wizards, the players, have to realize that they're getting no respect. Oh yeah, and I would say of anybody you wouldn't want to have pissed, Russ would be at the top of that list. Yeah, no, we're going to show these people what we're made of. Oh yeah, we're going to we're going to hustle. We're going to dive. We're going to, you know. We're going to rebound. We're going to block out. Well, well, that's
0: that's why I think Game 1 is such a big deal. Because if, if we manage to get Game 1 over on them, based on Doc Rivers' history and this team and who their stars are, how their locker room seems to operate at certain times, you wonder how that's going to affect them. Is it going to wake the Sixers up and go, no, we are the number one seed and we're going to show you why? Or is it going to make them think, oh man, these guys actually bring something to the table here, and maybe this is a different series than we thought it was going to be, because that seems to be the conventional NBA thinking now, is if the team that's not supposed to get one over on you gets one over on you, it seems like the better team in today's game goes, oh well, this is going to be a tough series, it might go seven, when realistically, it doesn't have to, if you ramp it up enough, it won't go seven, you don't have to do that, I mean, I'm just... I'm just saying that's you know I'm watching that right now with the, with the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. Everybody was like this series could be really interesting, and then Colorado has three straight games where they score four plus goals. They're up three games to none because they're like, no, nah, we won the Presidents Trophy. Where, no, nah, what are you talking about? This is going to be interesting. So I I don't know, but that's why Game One is such a vital thing. Yeah. So and uh, speaking of of uh, of of Bertans who we mentioned. He is labeled, according to the Wizards app, as the X Factor for this series. Which Chris, actually, you mentioned that on the show. You mentioned it on on this show as well. That he is an X Factor type guy. It says he gives them ideal spacing with their all star all star backcourt of Westbrook and Beal. He shot rounding up forty percent from three point this season, but has struggled as of late no from fight. deep. Still, he ended the season with the best on off splits on the roster. The Wizards were seven points. Per 100 possessions, better with him on the court. Uh, with him on the court, they scored 5.6 more points per 100 and gave up 1.3 points per 100 less. So, hearing all that, that's probably why he keeps getting minutes because of numbers like
1: because that. Because he spreads yeah. the court out. Because yeah. you can't. But the question is, I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, he's three for the last 17 three pointers. Yes. Well, guess this, this year's, this year. Last year, before he got the big contract, he was shooting over 40% from threes. This year, he's shooting about, I think, 31%. Yep.
0: So, and, and just to finish it off, it says they'll look for a spark off the bench in the postseason. And he had one of his best games of his Wizards career against the Sixers last season, where he scored 25 and went 7 for 13 from 3 in a 133 to 119 win.
2: I will say this he is colder in the month of May than he was earlier in the season yeah. so I don't know what transpired I I don't know what's going on with the Latvian laser I will say this if he shoots over 40 percent from three we're in business
1: yes yeah oh if he doesn't he's the Baltic bum yeah
0: no I I, I think that's I think that's true uh, he he has to he has to find a way to, to to get hot here and there but you also wonder how the minutes are gonna go but also that to me that just unveiled a big mystery for me. They used to be a mystery. That's why he gets the minutes. While he's out there, we give up less, and apparently we score more while he's out there. So, uh, I can understand what, why he, he gets the minutes to some degree, but all I can think of is watching him attempt to play defense. I'm sorry, but watching him attempt to play defense is just
1: well, against, rough sometimes. Was it against Was it the Pacers? I can't remember the guy's name, but four plays in a row... Whoever he was covering, his name begins with a B. Four plays, I think, or Mitchell, I can't remember. But four plays in a row, Bertrands was covering him, and the the Pacers got the ball instantly to this guy, and four times he he drove and four times Ah, he scored.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, uh, you're going to have
1: moments like that. I think they go down. You're going to see
0: it. So we'll uh, we'll see. But I do agree he is somewhat of an X factor to this one because, as Chris mentioned, if he gets hot, then – that's a weapon.
2: Totally different story. Oh, totally different if story. If he starts
0: hitting because there are times he puts up threes that not even for him, just as a general basketball concept, have no, as far as distance is concerned, have no business falling, and they do. I will right. give him that. So if he can get it going, obviously that's a good thing for us, and I hope he does. I hope this is he takes this as a step up. either
1: swish or rim.
0: So, uh, yeah, that's true. If
1: he hits it, it -hmm. it touches nothing.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, what we have for you next is the MVP talk, or I guess the great season uh, concept that Papa Doug wants to bring up, which I think we all need to listen to. Not to mention our third uh, segment is normally for our more bizarre happenings around Wizards Land and the NBA itself, as we'll continue to dive into the matchup itself against Philadelphia. So, Stick around, we've got more. Welcome back to the Baltimore Magic Show, ladies and gentlemen. So, we all kind of have our own thing we're going to get into here. I want to get into what Papa Doug has first, however. He has some numbers for us and a certain... phrasing from our favorite network that has oh such a way with words, that being ESPN. You know, the guys who employ Stephen A. Smith, who give me such a reason to support uh. Nina Westbrook on a regular basis for continually clapping back at the man, and I love her for that. Who
2: Who's so. more, before we get to that, who's more annoying to you?
0: Uh-oh. I'm curious.
2: Stephen A. Smith. Uh-huh. Or our friend at FS1... Oh,
0: Colin Coward? Colin Coward.
2: Who's more annoying to you? I
0: I would say Stephen A. Because Stephen A brings up legitimate stats and numbers that are completely empirically impossible to deny. That actually prove Russ is a good player. And still continues to say that he's not. Coward will actually compare him to other guys. Like what he did on his show a couple days ago is he compared him to Steve Francis. Where he's like, he was a really good point guard that a lot of people liked. But he was one of these guys that was, you know, a crazy super athlete. But he just never really materialized. And he doesn't think it's going to continue to happen. He has valid comparisons to it. And he make and he gets his point across that way. As opposed to just saying, this guy isn't it. While Stephen A just says, this guy isn't it. And I think that's, that's why Stephen A
1: is a little bit... Uh,
2: yeah, I would yeah. agree. I think Stephen A is more annoying than Colin Coward. Yeah. And
1: here's my thought. If
2: you always have to yell, that's because
1: you realize nobody's really listening to what you have to say because it makes no sense, so you have to yell to try to get... He's always
2: yelling when he's talking about Russell Westbrook. He's always yelling.
1: I can't stand him. He's, he's (laughs) He's overly
0: dramatic. Well, I have to be honest. Recent history has changed my opinion on him strictly because of the Wizards fan that I am now. Is before, I used to be like, yeah, he's all right. You know, he has his moments. Now, no. I just stop talking bad about Russ. Like, I just don't want to hear it at this point. Like, I know what we're going to get into here. So, it's, uh, I don't know. But, yeah, and, and Colin's a little different because he brought it up about Russ. It's it's basically he talked about him because he felt that he deserved some recognition for the season he had had because it's completely undeniable, but he didn't think it would materialize to anything And the playoffs, and when he talked about the series, he goes, yeah, the Sixers are a better defensive team, and Bede's going to be on a hot streak, and Simmons is the real deal. It's going to be a quick series. And I just went, okay. What would bother me more about that than than even talking about our series at all was he went into the Suns-Lakers series and acted like it was a foregone conclusion that the Lakers were going to win that series. I'm sorry. LeBron is not 100%. I know Anthony Davis can get hot at the right time. But the Suns are number two in the West for a reason. They had a great season. I I understand it's the Lakers with LeBron, Mr. Ratings Tanker himself. But I just, why is it such a given? Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, Wizards and the Lakers in five. We all know it. What? Really? (laughs) The Suns came out of absolutely nowhere. They're one of the toughest teams to judge in the playoffs period because they had no business being the only team that had less business being in the spot that the Suns are in is the Wizards. We're the only team that has less business being where we are. So and we had to fight for the 8th spot for the right to play the Sixers at 1. So anyway, uh, you have the thought of this phrase I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I's uh, actually the question you put is better is you said how could ESPN say Djokic had one of the greatest seasons of all time? and you have thoughts on this as what what just break down what your thoughts are as to why you're confused as to why they would say it because i'm just as confused
1: as you okay 31 31 12 10 9 that's my answer <laughs> would you like me to explain yes please damn it yeah I, mean, <laughs> I, I was reading this article and it was saying how it was saying how the there are three pe- three people who are the finalists for mvp it was Steph. it was mb Embi- and it's Jokic, and uh, and I act, uh, did a little analysis. I threw in Jonas just for the hell of it, and I threw in Russ. And I was like, Jokic had, again, I'm sitting here reading quote. Jokic had one of the best offensive seasons in the history of the league. And I'm, um, things are flashing, you know, Magic, Wilt, <laughs> Kareem, yeah, Michael Jordan, yeah, uh, um, uh, um. Uh, Black Mamba, you know all they did. and it's like, and this was, and I started looking at it, it's like, okay, so he averaged twenty six points a game. That's good.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, ranked twelfth in the league. Yeah,
1: right not not in the top ten. Right, and but he then was good. eight eight point three assists, and that's good for a big guy. So that's, that's great.
2: Good. Well, let's be real. That's great for a big. Sure. Yeah, that's great for a big.
1: And just under eleven rebounds per game, which had him like so t- t- Top ten. Yeah. So you go. And, and I decided to look at this in a weird way. It's like, how can you look at, if they're talking about points, and they go on to talk about points per game, assists per game, and rebounds per game. I was like, well, let me look at the, each of these guys' rankings and see where that ranked. And I came up with, I need to come up with an acronym, uh, the D-M-A-A-R, the W-D-M-A-R. <laughs> Doug Miller, average, rank something <laughs> or other. Um, and I and I did the average of their rankings, just some sort of arbitrary way. And and when you look at, at Steph, his average ranking uh, among all players was thir- about 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, first in points, but 25th in assists and 66th in rebounds. Uh, Joel was 31. He was actually a little lower. 4th in points, 79th in, in assists, and 10th in rebounds. And then for Helvet, I, I threw in Jonas, and he was 5th in points, 24th in assists, and 8th in rebounds. All the way up to 12. Yeah, so he has They're an average 12. average ranking of those three metrics of 12. And then I was like, so how about Jokic? And he is 12th in points, 6th in assists, ninth in rebounds. And I'm sitting here going wait, but one of the greatest of all time. Shouldn't those all be like (laughs) higher than that? Like 12th in points? How do you say 12th in points was one of the greatest offensive whatever's? Um, And then for fun, I decided well, let me look at Russ. And I'm not sitting here saying Russ is the MVP. Although I will add, as I said, my dream, because of some of these announcers, of course we want the Wizards to win the championship. But I don't I not only want that, I want Russ to win MVP. (laughs) To win the final So that Stephen A. Final MVP, for Russell Westbrook movie I was wrong! (laughs) No, I wasn't. I was right, just incorrectly. I was incorrectly (laughs) wrong. Wait, wrongly correct. I don't know. But here's how it compares. Russ is at 10. Djokic is at 9. So based on that, Russ had one of the greatest seasons (laughs) in the history of the league. He was 24th in points. First and assists, six and rebounds. Isn't that
2: bananas that he's six yeah, in the he's, league? he's six and rebounds. He's rebounding. He plays. He, he plays point, and he's point
1: assist. guard. Assists and and these guys try to. How I mean, quite honestly, I mean, Brad had a great year. Yeah. But Russ is the MVP. Oh yeah. And oh, how yeah, does he get so disrespected? I'm gonna catch my breath now. Well, I think <laughs> largely
2: the the. What's what's the word? It's. To the detriment of Russ Westbrook's career's arc of his career, he's had a brilliant career. Most triple doubles in NBA history, undeniable statistic. However, his shooting prowess is what takes him down a notch. This is a scoring league, and the expectation for scores at the point guard position is three point shooting and, and free throw shooting. And Russ is below the standard in both oh, of those. Oh, sure. Yeah,
1: That's but, the reason he doesn't yeah, get well, the I'm credit. I'm sure it is. He doesn't get but it, yeah. like it's like, you know. Who would the analogy be in football? Um,
2: uh, I it's too hard. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, would that, you that, say Brett Favre wasn't one? That, put him in the same room. And say, oh, well, he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks ever because he threw a lot of interceptions.
0: Yeah. Well, it's oh, well, it's it also depends on what what the media's natural
1: or well, Lamar isn't a great so. quarterback because he just runs a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's yeah, true. Then, I've, I've I've heard that I've heard that one a few times. So I'm sure. No, it's not, but. You're right, you make a good point. You see, uh, the rebound number, of course, is a big deal for me. But here the last one I'll see of this is, the assists number, 12. He averaged, I'm rounding up here, but he averages 12 assists a game. That's ridiculous. If that's not proof that you are one of the best players in the league, you average 12 assists and per game? And he had
1: games of 24 assists in a game.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, which was just bonkers. Yes.
0: It's unreal, man. I, I don't, it's <sighs> crazy. So. Thank you. I feel better. But, Got that but Chris, there was something you wanted to bring up as somebody who you believe is a bit of an unsung hero for I, the Wizards.
2: Right? I feel like the unsung hero for the Wizards is Cassius Winston. The reason why is he has the communication skills and the leadership skills. When he was at Michigan State, he was one of the best players in the country. And Tom Izzo coach, so he's a tough guy. But I think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal absolutely love this guy, and he diffuses the situation and he keeps the camaraderie nice and high for the team. Yep. And you know what's I
1: interesting? Agree. Share share with those who maybe aren't as familiar. How many minutes would you say he averages a game?
2: <laughs> two a two, 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 two to or th- three, two or three. I, if that. If we're a winning, he comes yeah, in. Yeah,
0: if we're if we're up big, or if, if we're up big or down big. He comes in. That's normally how it goes for him. So,
1: I agree. But that's remarkable that you say that. But Keep going. Talk about camaraderie. No,
0: I I think that's one of the biggest things for this team. It's also one of the biggest things in in the NBA. You know, I, I, I hate to bring something virtual into this, but I remember the only time I ever took an NBA video game seriously, they would give your team a chemistry rating. You could have the greatest lineup ever. If your chemistry was under 50%, you would have a losing season. It didn't matter how good you were. If the team didn't play well together, you sucked. That's just how it is, and I think you see that with this Wizards team. I mean, I, that's why this team is so much fun in a lot of cases because the stuff we mentioned all the time. Robin Lopez is always laid out on the bench, uh, laying, kicking on the floor or something. Thomas Bryant looks like he just came from the club or something, and he's just kind of hyping everybody up. Bradley Beal is spending a little more time on the bench than usual because he's not a hundred percent right now, and they all just kind of. Here's the other thing that, and I don't, I, I think this was a story that came out is because Denny Avdia is with the team, despite the fact he's on crutches, but he sits at the back of the bench and hangs out with everybody and all that. I I think what happened is they had to to get on the bus at one point and it was a little bit of an issue because they had to keep some kind of social distancing and because of the space he would take up, because of his crutches, they were like, yeah, we might have to figure this out. And Russ basically told the NBA to go screw themselves. Like, no, Denny's going to be on the bus. Like, no, I don't care that we're not far apart enough. He's gonna be on the bus. Like it's like everybody's got a mask on. Most of us are vaccinated.
2: He's gonna be on the
0: bus. And it was kinda of, but that's kinda of how it works. And that to me was a big thing. When when Avia got hurt, I was my first hope was, well, I hope if he can, he'll be around the boys. I don't want him to not be there. And I think that's that's one of the bigger deals with this. So yeah, I think that's one of the bigger helps for this team because when you have a bench that goes this deep if you need it to, that's one of your biggest things is everybody gets along. Because it seems like, and Chris could probably talk to this better than me, that on a lot of teams, you have the guys who play and the guys who don't. And the locker room works, but it's, it's a very different situation. It's like the guys who play... Go in in one direction, and the guys who don't kind of do their own thing. I don't see that in the Wizards locker room. Like, if if the team goes out, they need a table for twenty six because it's going to be the whole roster and the coaching staff. Like, it's
1: it's that's just how it is. You know, so. I just had a flashback to when uh, you, you were at Friends School, and uh, uh, Chris and his brother Douglas both went there, and we had good soccer teams challenges with others, but I remember when you all played basketball, and we had a coach who I remember you usually could smell alcohol on him, and he was, a ter- I mean, he was a terrible coach. And one of the most bizarre things with this coach, kill was that when there was a timeout, the guys that weren't playing had to bring the chairs out for the other players. Mm-hmm. Like they were their servants. And then the Five, you know, the five would sit and the other would sit behind them, And it's like, how bizarre is that? And you talk about, you know, what this 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 chemistry and this, it really is different. And we have games, what was it, against Indiana? Eight guys gotten double figures. Yeah. What was the game uh, we've had? Got, uh, uh, what was the big game? Was it the second one against Atlanta, maybe, where we had nine in double figures? You yeah. don't see that in the NBA. Yeah. You don't see. You have starters and you have backups. Yeah. You know, that's why the sixth man, okay, because teams would have one great guy that would come off the bench. Yeah, we're the team that would have to
0: create the seventh man award and maybe an eighth man award as well. I mean, it's, but also you said like that, you see it as a joke sometimes on the, on the Wizards uh, bench, which is just funny to see. Like how many times have you seen Russell Westbrook Get his forty-five seconds on the bench, and Thomas Bryan has got a towel, and he's like, he's like fanning him off
1: just because. Well, Robin but Lopez, exactly. And, yeah, and Rob- Robin
0: mean, is that guy on the bench. He, right.
1: I mean, I love because. He is laying on the sideline. Yeah, he just lays on the floor.
0: He just yeah. kicks out on the <laughs> floor. Like the, the, the social distancing is the best thing that's ever happened to him. He can just lay. He can just kick out the whole time. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a big part of it here. But let's let me let me go back to this here. It says uh, part of their path to victory here. What is it to say? If the Wizards are going to pull an upset, they need to start fast. I could not. Possibly agree more. Come out, start. Uh, mathematically speaking, they cannot simply trade home wins. They'll need to steal a game in Philly, and in the interest of not falling behind 0 and 2, one of those stolen home wins will, ne- will need to come in either game one or two. I agree. You got to at least split it. Uh, while beal might not need to score 60 per game, he and Westbrook need to win matchups against their elite wing defenders and impose their will every night. Out, I agree. Unexpected breakout performances from lesser-known players are a staple in any best-of-seven. An X-factor performance from Bertens or a highlight reel defensive night like Gafford had against the Pacers in the play-in could be what puts them over the top in the fourth quarter of a close game. Lastly, they must protect home court. After nearly a full season of playing in an empty arena, Washington welcomed fans back into the arena this month with Capital One arena capacity now up to 25%. The Wizards saw on Sunday versus Charlotte and Thursday against Indiana, the impact a raucous crowd could have in a big game. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Now, here we go. I have some quotes real fast uh, from head coach Scott Brooks. We have to keep doing what we've done the last couple months. We know how talented they are. We know how big they are. They have the best record for a reason. They have a lot of good players, and they're deep, but you can only play five at a time, and we understand that. I love the fact that our guys are excited about it. Well, that's a good thing to hear, I guess. Uh, Fouling Embiid is a mistake.
2: Yep, you know, I. Yeah, that's you, to me that's the you, major you, you want, part of this series Yeah,
0: you don't want to defend him in foul He's one of the best He's one of the league leaders at shot fakes He's one of the best at ripping through your arms And getting those silly fouls on you And he's a great free throw shooter Against certain guys in the league Fouling is not a mistake But against Embiid, fouling is a mistake Not only does it put him on the line But it prevents us from getting out in transition And it helps them set their defense up We don't want to foul We want to play physical without Fouling. So, now, he also mentioned in transition, that's a big deal for the Wizards because apparently they have a number that bases the pace of play, your average pace of play. We're number one. We are the fastest-playing team I trust. in the NBA. Yeah, it's we Westbrook. No, exactly. But that's the idea. His concept is if we can make this a track meet, we oh, have wait, a chance. That's where the bench because, comes in because the, the the little that I've seen <laughs> of the 76ers, they are not a track meet team. They go down and sit up camp. They want to stay there as and long they don't as they the can. We have the depth of bench we have. I well, I, I don't think anybody does. Now here's something from Bradley Beal, it's going to be good. We love, no matter who we match up against, we love what we're capable of doing. We'll stick to our principles and go from there. I think probably out of two or three times we played them, we feel like we could have won two games. It'll definitely be interesting. It'll be competitive, obviously. It's the first of four, so we're excited about it. They're a good team, number one in the East. So we've got our hands full, and we realize that. But we've been playing really good as of late. We've got a lot of noise to make ourselves to. Yep. Take notes, Giannis. That is how you phrase it. That is how you phrase, oh, this is going to be really tough and really competitive. We're going to do our best. What did he say? I haven't read the quote. He, he, he They asked him, is how this year this? going to be different from last year? And he said, you know, he, I don't know if it is. That's what he said. I don't know if it's going to be different. That's a terrible look. Because they've your
1: great confidence in your teammates, right?
0: Exactly. So. <laughs> All right, here's what Russ had to say about it. They're number one team in the East for a reason. They've been playing well all season long. They're a good team overall. They've got a lot of guys with a lot of talent on the team. We've got to make sure we prepare the right way. Probably the most Russell Westbrook quote I could have just, you know, answered them Are we done? Cool. I think that's kind of it. And then. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Gafford, how about this? Guarding Embiid is a great challenge for me and any other big on this team. We've gotta match his physicality, that's the main thing. He's gonna talk a lot of trash, for sure. But Joel Embiid is one of the best bigs in this league and we can't just come out and think he's gonna take it easy on us. He wants to win too, so we have to match his physicality. That's the main thing. We've gotta play at the same level he's playing at. No matter what happens, no matter what goes on in the game, no matter what the refs do, we just have to come out and play because he's gonna come out and play from the start to the finish the game. Okay. I, w- I just wanted to read that off because I Gaff is probably going to be the main guy trying to hold him down most of the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, last time we played him was the day before Christmas Eve. Westbrook had a triple-double, and Brad dropped 31, and it wasn't quite enough. So... It's uh it's gonna be a fun series, I think. So I would like to see it We hope. Oh you know, absolutely so I would like to see it take six. Uh I would love to see better if that's possible. All I know is if we can make it to seven. If it goes seven and we can make it there, that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be quite quite the game to watch. So because their first game is on Sunday, their next game isn't until Wednesday because they have two days off in between. Then after that, they would play on Saturday. So there are only going to be uh, two games played in between now and our next show, which will be fun. It will get a pretty good gauge on the, on the series. But uh, unless anybody has any final thoughts on this particular show, I, uh, I believe that's all we got for you guys this week. We will be back next week, and hopefully the Wizards will at least have split it, but I'm kind of hoping for, for 2-0, i got to be honest. But hey, only time will tell. That's all we got for you. We'll see you next Saturday. I, I, I believe. I believe. I believe, that, I, believe that, I believe that we. I believe that we. I believe that we will win. I believe that we
2: will win. we will win. We they used to knock us wet. down. Say that we should quit, but people talk too much And I don't believe that, I don't believe that I believe that we will win, I believe that we will win I believe that we will win, I believe that we will win win. They tried to knock us down Said that we should quit, but people talk too much